I made London 2012. They all have made London 2012, as Sebco says, but actually 5,000 people helped build Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park and then transform it afterwards. By 2025, 40,000 jobs could be available on and around it. Even before the Olympics and Paralympics 10 years ago, East London had a rich history of invention, innovation and enterprise. So in this episode of My London Legacy, we want to focus on those skills and jobs opportunities and the helping hand the park can give an area that's becoming the best place in London to start and grow a business. I think it was just the biggest event that had ever happened in the area and before that nobody had ever heard of Stratford. After it I could kind of say, you know where the Olympics was and everyone would know where it was. They're saying it's the most successful actual Olympic Games that in terms of legacy wise what's actually taking place. The construction, the development of the area. Yeah I was born and raised here. Um, I completed most of my education here. Got my degree from Stratford as well. I got my first job in Stratford too. So to be back here after 10 years and still seeing how amazingly it's been regenerated it feels really special to be a part of. There are a number of exciting opportunities that local people aged 18 to 30 can access through the Good Growth Hub. Coming up we'll be hearing from some of the young people who've directly benefited from the developments taking place on the park but first two of the initiatives that are helping to create the bright future. Shortly, Intiaz Patel from Build East. But firstly, to find out more about the Good Growth Hub and the work it does, here's Vivian Marindi, Head of Inclusive Growth and Skills at the London Legacy Development Corporation. The Good Growth Hub is one of the LLDC's skills training and employment spaces. Um, It connects employers on and around the park to local talent aged 18 to 30, living in the surrounding boroughs of Hackney, Newham, Tower Hamlets and Waltham Forest. It's located at Hackney Bridge on the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park and offers a wide range of training opportunities, um, including London Living Wage Internships, support for freelancers, apprenticeships, technical skills training, masterclasses, events and kind of one-to-one advice um, and guidance um, and careers coaching. So when was it established and what's the thinking, the reasoning behind it? So the Hub opened its doors in spring last year um, and has gradually phased from opening part-time to full-time in line with kind of the COVID um, government guidelines. The name Good Growth Hub really comes from the hub's kind of core purpose to ensure that employment opportunities arising from growth on the park really do benefit local people. So we really want to ensure that inclusivity is at the heart of this growth. um, And that's really what we mean by this term good growth. So through the Eastworks programme, which is the LLDC Skills and Employment Programme, We've been delivering a wide range of employment activities for the growing kind of creative tech and cultural sectors on and around the park for some time. We piloted a number of successful programmes um, and the Good Growth Hub really offers us an opportunity to take some of these projects to scale, to provide more opportunities for local people, to reach deeper into local communities and support more employers and businesses to grow inclusively. 
And like many other sectors, there are a number of barriers that um, prevent diverse talent from accessing opportunities. The creative sector is um, well known for um, kind of low paid or unpaid entry level positions or internships, a lack of diversity um, across all levels and an exclusivity in terms of being able to access the, the, the sector through, um, through closed networks. So really... Those are some of the kind of sectoral challenges that the Good Growth Hub helps to, uh, well, hopes to eradicate. So tell me, why did you choose to open the centre as a physical place to come and visit? The decision to open a physical space on the park really was a response um, to feedback from local people and employers who participated in our programme previously. Local people felt that although they kept hearing about all the incredible opportunities that um, were at the park, um, at East Bank and at Here East and, and other sites and beyond, they really wanted a central place to be able to go and hear about those opportunities and to connect with employers. Something really to bring the offer together um, and to bring the opportunity to life. Um, and likewise, employers on the park um, were calling again for this centralised service or space to support their ambitions around inclusivity, um, to connect with more local people and to diversify their workforce. So, um, yeah, then the Good Growth Hub was born. And like everything on the park, it's the result, I guess, of partnership work and lots of different organisations coming together. A new direction are the organisation responsible for managing the space and, and designing and delivering the Good Growth Hub service. Um, however, there's a really, really strong um, Good Growth Hub network that influences the development and delivery of the Good Growth Hub. And I think this really is its greatest asset. Uh, with the park being situated across the four boroughs, um, Newham, Tower Hamlets, Waltham Forest um, and Hackney have been really instrumental in the design and the development of the Good Growth Hub from its initial concept stage. But we've also worked really closely with employers, local people and community partners to co-design the Good Growth Hub service and all the activities that are delivered from the hub. And this has been really important to ensure that the service is fit for purpose and responds to the needs of both businesses and local people. We know that um, we kind of can't deliver everything um, ourselves. Um, and so, you know, what we will be doing over the next few years, I guess, is bringing in local partners to support with the delivery of the, of the service as well, where there's particular expertise, where people are doing things um, really innovatively and differently within their local communities and um, thinking about how um, that commissioning service works as well. And that partnership work is an ongoing process, I presume? So it's also really important that we continue to um, nurture and develop this this network of partners um, if we are to reach our ambitions of reaching deeper into communities and supporting more local people and working with more businesses on and around the park. We've also recently established a governance um, structure for the Good Growth Hub, which we will be um, looking at implementing shortly over the next kind of six to 12 months. And it's been really important whilst designing this structure that the governance structure involves all of our kind of core stakeholders. So our local borough partners, employers, local community organisations and young people um, so that they're the ones kind of overseeing the delivery of the service um, and to ensure that the Good Growth Hub is sustained beyond the life of the LLDC and that this really is a kind of community asset that's owned by the stakeholders. Um, so, you know, 
this network piece and this partnership piece that we have already started to develop but will really be kind of focusing on developing as we go through the next kind of five years and beyond really is a core and central part um, to what the Good Growth Hub does. So you'd mentioned their local people and getting local people involved. How do local people listening get involved? Are there some exciting opportunities they can engage with coming up? Yes, there are a number of exciting opportunities that local people aged 18 to 30 can access through the Good Growth Hub. We have our Creative Connect service, which is our one-to-one advice and guidance service, where people can come and get advice on their CV, cover letter, application for a job, general careers advice and coaching. We're also recruiting currently for STEP, our London Living Wage Shared Internship Programme, which offers a 12-month London Living Wage placement at a creative and cultural organisation in and around East London. We've got some really exciting partners that we're working with, the V&A, Sadler's Wells, UCL, BBC, um, Bow Arts Trust, and many, many other uh, local organisations in the sector as well. So please do sign up for that if you're really interested in an entry-level position and kind of making your first um, career move into the sector. We also have our Freelance Fridays, which is an open session at the Good Growth Hub for freelancers looking for advice and guidance on their freelance career or looking to meet other freelancers as well. And there are a number of other kind of skills-specific training um, programmes and events coming up over the next few months. So please do check our website for um, the most recent information and also our Instagram as well. And that website for more info, goodgrowthhub.org.uk. A key part of the promise after the Games of 2012, 10 years ago, was the transformation, not only of Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park, but this area of East London. Another project helping to do just that is Build East, a construction skills training centre opposite the London Stadium and a partnership with the Skills Centre, Transport for London and LLDC, the London Legacy Development Corporation. Intiaz Patel is the centre manager and has told us the benefits of being based on the park. First of all, what I would say is the actual opportunity of working with the LLDC on the park uh, that has such a huge and long-standing construction programme. Um, the partnership enables Build East to work with developers, main contractors, uh, their suppliers um, to generate opportunity and vacancies. Um, this therefore allows us, Build East, to plan and work with the employers to address skills gap in the short, medium and long term. Um, and to do that at scale and on one of the most high-profile construction programmes in the country. Um, It's a unique opportunity. Secondly, as the opportunity for the local community, um, you know, where Bill DC is an anchor for the institution, for the community, for them to come to and seek work and training uh, is something which hasn't really been made available beforehand, whereby it's a centre where we can apply, uh, uh, offer training opportunities, as well as training opportunities is uh, leading to sustainable jobs and employment um, and real jobs, which we actually acquired before the training is actually set up. Um, and for the community angle as well, people can come to us for advice, guidance, um, and we'll try and help them as much as possible in whatever capacity we can do. And thirdly, one of the things I would say is that basically Build East um, is a centre through which we're uh, actively driving inclusion and diversity. Um, by creating opportunities for women, 
those of the BAME background um, or even disabled people in construction. For those of us that covered the whole build-up to the London Olympics and indeed the bid for the London Olympics and the Paralympics, that buzzword was legacy. And I would suggest that Build East is a significant part of that legacy, especially, as you mentioned there, for local communities and local people. Absolutely. Yes. Um, You know, legacy was a huge, huge thing. Um, You know, in terms of the Olympics, the London Olympics, Stratford Olympics, um, they're saying it's the most successful actual Olympic Games that in terms of legacy wise, what's actually taken place, the major uh, the the construction, uh, the development of the area. um, And it was a massive, massive thing. Stratford as an area was uh, extremely run down. I've been born and bred in uh, Stratford, been educated down here. Uh, through my school days, my college days, and I'm still a resident of Stratford as well. So I've seen the huge transformation that's actually taken place and the the massive legacy impact that it's been on in the actual area. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You know, it's one of the areas that you didn't really even want to go to. Uh, people, you know, had the aspirations of actually moving out of the area. Now you've got people actually wanting to come into the area. There's been a huge transformational state, uh, changes in terms of landscape-wise, buildings, in terms of the actual community. Um, and it offers a unique opportunity for the local people, which uh, obviously through me and Build East, uh, I've given the opportunity to actually change that and change their lives, transform their lives um, and get the most through the legacy opportunities that have been provided. What made you want to become centre manager? How did that happen? Um, it was actually for a recommendation for a friend of mine. So that was really, really good indeed. Um, however, once I actually heard about the project in itself, in terms of what was actually taking place, like I said, I've been born and bred in Shafford, uh, went to a local comprehensive boys school, uh, which was called Rokeby at the time, is now School 21. Um, went to a local college in terms of Newham College, studied down there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for me to assist the wider local community um, and give something back, uh, you know, in terms of and also get paid for it at the same time, which is a unique opportunity. You've used the word opportunity quite a lot in this discussion. And there is, as we know, fantastic opportunities and loads going on on the park. But there is this kind of stereotype that if you want to go into construction, it's a high vis, it's a hard hat. But modern construction, there's lots of other roles and lots of other things that people can achieve in the industry. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Fully agree there. Um, You know, people have this conception that, you know, construction is about digging trenches in hard hats, uh, but that's completely outdated. And that's one of the messages I really need to get out there to the wider community and people just to say, listen, that's not what construction is about. Um, When we go out there and talk to actual schools, uh, even local community partners, that's one of the things I actually get, you know, uh, inform people about, first of all, initially that listen. These are all the different uh, uh, these are all the different job opportunities available within the construction industry, um, not just a few you think about you know mixing up cement and putting up some brick, uh, bricks up. Trade skills are still relevant and they're completely needed, uh, but the modern construction industry is much about digital as is the trades. Um, and it's getting the message across and what that what that means is that there's a well-paid and rewarding job for everyone whether you want to be a bricklayer a project manager a digital engineer 
and I would suggest it's quite an exciting time to be in construction because the green skills and innovation is there at the minute and there's lots of programs and lots of drives towards making things more sustainable. Climate change is a conversation we're having. Net zero, of course, is an ambition as well. And this all needs to come into everything that's now being built. Yes, um, you know, innovation, Bill Deese is looking to the future. Um, and that's something that I've got to ensure that we do continuously. Uh, and we revisit all the time and take a look at it um, always. Um, if we're going to pass a message across and get people to actually relate to that message, then we've got to be the drivers in terms of actually doing that. Uh, what Bill DC is doing is working with employers to respond to key emerging priorities related to green jobs um, as we combat climate change and uh, aim for net zero. Um, we have some ESF programs and wider activities that we're going to be actually be taking a look at to actually drive this. So it's um, modernization of the training, modernization and staying abreast of uh, the training uh, of the different opportunities available out there. And um, me, me as part of BLD is being able to provide that to people and ultimately leading to uh, sustainable employment. The ambition is for us as BLDs to be an anchor training institution at the park for a number of years to come. Thank you so much for your time. No problem at all. Brilliant. Since 2012, more than 320 young people have benefited from apprenticeships on or around the park. So as we mark 10 years on, let's hear from some of them who've benefited directly from the work being done at Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. Hi, my name is Saroon Button. I grew up in Newham and I currently work at Barclay Homes as a development manager. My name is Renee Henry Kemp. I'm the community engagement manager for London Legacy Development Corporation, who essentially manages the operations on the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. I started seven and a half years ago as a apprenticeship. My name's Heather Malik. I'm from Newham. I work as a document controller in East Bank. I've been working here for the past eight months. I really wanted to get involved with the Olympics, but I was a year too young. It was called the Youth Panel, Legacy Youth Panel at the time. It's now the Legacy Youth Voice, so it's still going. I started at 16. It started me thinking about what I wanted to do going forward. And I'd never been in a situation where I sat in a boardroom and people wanted my opinion in in that way. So um, I was in foster care when I was younger as well. I thought that it, it didn't matter, like my experience was a kind of a fluke and it wasn't standard. And I think to be put in a situation where people were asking my opinion, I think that was just amazing. I lived in Wimpen Forest, so I kind of saw Stratford go through this massive transformation piece in front of my eyes, and I kind of just saw it as a destination to shop, because obviously you saw like a big sign, Westfield, and then you'll see the staging, but what attracted me to become an apprentice is that I was quite confused on what I wanted to do. I wasn't solely ready on going into university yet. It opened up so many doors for everyone, so be it voluntary, be it paid work, that was like, you know, 10 years ago when everything started in 2012. And now in 2022, that excitement's back again for me personally because now I'm on a wider scale project, part of a different sort of industry altogether. So it's exciting me all over again, to be honest. I'm now working on a site in Bromley by Bow. I find it really exciting that I can bring all these ideas that I've always had and the experience that I've always had and because I've got the precedent of the Olympic Park, I'm like, well, of course we can dream bigger, you know. Um, if you told me um, ages ago that UCL would be moving to Stratford, <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But I think that's the kind of things that can happen. And I think that's exciting. The way it allowed me to be quite versatile and quite flexible and the 
way I want to kind of bend my career has been amazing and type of people who I've met with on my journey have inspired me remarkably they've just inspired me especially the young people I work with they are so talented and again I just think I'm just surrounded by really talented members internally externally so it's amazing um corporation and I think everyone who I've met enjoys their job and I think that's what makes it worthwhile. My company Galastar are doing the brick and block work for two different buildings so the BBC project and the Sadler's Wells project so I mainly deal with the documentation, so enrolling new operatives, uh, going back and forth with HR, setting up courses, uh, doing the operatives timesheets, submitting health and safety documents to the client. Uh, it feels like a really team orientated environment, which is something I really like about this project. I probably would have thought that they were just looking for kind of next sports stars. And I think it's really interesting that they've gone beyond that. But I think the really interesting thing is I started in architecture and I've now gone into development and I've gone into development with a kind of slightly more architect's mindset, but then also with a bit of kind of community engagement thrown in there and arts and culture and all of that stuff. And I think I don't know that I would have gone down that road if I hadn't had the exposure that I did. We're definitely an innovator. We are definitely breaking the barriers and setting new standards of regeneration. And I think community members are starting, well, existing community members, I should say, are starting to see the impact and the benefits of doing things out of the norm and breaking the glass ceiling. It's not only providing opportunities for me, someone who's nearly in their 30s, but also the kids who want to get into administrative roles. Even the project that I'm on, we're advertising for apprenticeships all the time so you know there's a lot of inclusion here this is my london legacy a queen elizabeth olympic park podcast 10 years on from the games we're focusing on the stories memories and roles of all the people involved in london 2012 big or small and looking ahead to what's still to come share your memories too on social media hashtag london 2012 hashtag pass the baton and sign up for Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park updates, exclusive offers and experiences at 10yearson.queenelizabetholympicpark.co.uk. My London legacy is really kind of amplifying and supporting and championing all the amazing talent that exists in East London. That would be it, the talent and the people. Seeing people transform their lives, people that I've been in school with, people that have actually lived on the street with for many, many number of years. They're actually making the most of what's been available out there in terms of the local area. My London legacy is finding my voice. I discovered that it was valuable and I use it a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I hope to influence some change. <laughs>